and welcome back to the Under Center podcast with Dara and Fionn here. Don't forget you uh, can follow us on our social channels at Under Center Pod on Instagram and the same on Twitter at Under Center Pod. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. Just search Under Center Podcast. If also subscribe to our audio podcast, the exact same thing. Just search Under Center Podcast because we will be releasing each one of these. Uh, as in each one of these interviews, I should say, as individual podcasts as well. So if you don't want to listen to the whole show or watch the whole show, you can this you can pick and choose which interview you'd like to watch. Um, Fionn, I think we're going to bring on our next guest. Yep. We are delighted to have a former Munster and Ireland rugby player, Tommy O'Donnell, joining us on the show to look ahead to Sunday's game. Tommy, it's great to speak to you. How are you? I'm great, lads. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. No problem. Delighted to have you on to talk a bit, uh, talk a bit of NFL looking ahead to uh, Sunday's game. Um, but the one question we're asking all of our guests now tonight, um, and it is probably the most important question I'll ask you now, um, throughout our whole uh, next twenty minutes or so, is what would your Super Bowl routine be on Sunday? Now, would you be, a, would you like to watch it at home by yourself, have friends over, go out, and then this is the most important part. What's the food or snack of choice that you have while watching the game? Oh, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, I haven't really had a routine on, on you know, because it's my first year out of rugby, so I can actually finally kind of blow the blow the wheels off this this uh, this year. I haven't even put too much thought into it. Up until now, it was very much it was uh, you know, get the kids to bed and and stay up, and and I was probably my wife doesn't have much interest in the NFL, so she might. If she could, she'd stay up for the, the halftime show. I've I've often been yeah. in, in bed and and she's w- woken up for the for the halftime show and then nodded off back to sleep. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I suppose because <clears throat> we'd always training Monday morning in uh, in the month of February. We always would have had training the next day, so it was get it in while you could and you know back to sleep as as quick as possible. So um, no, I'm looking forward to now to staying up for the whole thing and then taking it all in this year and enjoying every bit of it. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, we 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 uh, were actually putting uh, our well, I wouldn't say menu, but we were talking about what we were going to have um, over the over the the night, and I think we're going to try and look out at getting maybe some sort of maybe a pork shoulder. We'll slow cook that on the Saturday, make some pulled pork nachos, and maybe some chicken wings and stuff like that. We'll go we'll go full out. We like to go full out when it comes to the Super Bowl Sunday, but like. Like uh, your wife, my my partner would have no real interest in it either. She would probably stay up as far as the Super Bowl show or halftime show, then go to sleep as soon as the third quarter starts. Yeah, I'm the I'm the same as well. Like you, Tommy. Like it's too late. I end up not eating any snacks really. It's just about trying to stay awake and get it all in before you got to go to bed and and get up and, and go to work the next morning. Yeah. I've never really had the Monday off. So uh, yeah, like you, I'm the same as. There's not really snacks involved, to be honest. Just eat your dinner, same as usual, and, and try and watch the game as much as you can. Yeah. Well, this is, like you said, it's your first year without it, so you're going to uh, you're going to have to do something for it. You're going to have to do something big now for this. If you don't have if you don't have to get up for training then the next morning, you have those couple of extra hours maybe in bed, obviously if the kids allow it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe a few prop bets throughout to keep me oh, going. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. All different oh, yeah. things, yeah, yeah. I've already... Bit- I've already... Uh, Big John, I listened to the Pat McAvee show, and he uh, he reckons that the opening kickoff never goes for a touchback because the ball is so shiny and new and not kicked in. It's going straight to Canton afterwards. So yeah. that's my uh, 
that's my go-to. That's what I'm going to start mm. with. Anyways. That's an interesting. That's an interesting yeah. little insider one. Now that's a good one. Yeah, that yeah. might get that might come true. All right. But he was a he was a kickoff punter who actually kicked off in the Super Bowls. So he knows all about it. He knows you're just trying to kick this ball as hard as you can. But obviously, yeah. because it hasn't had those twenty minutes in a room, being wellied around the place and broken in, that it's just not going to travel as well. Yeah, I do wonder though because uh, the Rams had the. Uh... You know, the old boxing commentator, Michael Buffer, like introduced every home game this year. I wonder if they do the same thing because there were a few. I think I heard a few reports of like some teams that when they kicked off purposely kicked over to his side because they wanted to see if he'd run away or not. So we'll see if that happens again uh, on Sunday. But but tell us um, before we get into the game a bit, uh, how has uh, retirement been treating you now? It's good. It's good now. Um yeah, I think my body is definitely thanking me for for like that, not having to get up on Monday mornings and go straight into the gym and the review meetings. But uh, <clears throat> you'd miss you'd miss certain elements. You'd miss the crack. You'd miss the uh, the slagging uh, and, and and just the absolute banter that goes on and around it. Um, definitely, look, it's a tough sport as well. Like you know, Monday mornings uh, Monday mornings of a loss were tough as well. You you know you really had to. You'd own up to yourself. You'd be honest with yourself going in for reviews, even even on the days where you won, but you maybe didn't play well. You had to be honest to yourself. So there's, you know, a little bit less of that now this year. But I've, um, I'm doing an MBA in UL at the moment, and I've taken on a new job as a business development manager for a water company here that we're going, we're going bringing out a new range of water filtration units and and dispensers. So uh, that's a new challenge, you know, a new new side of business learning basically learning everything from the creating the brand, creating the range all the way to, to going and selling it now in a, in a couple of weeks time. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember like, obviously you've, you, you, you had your, your time playing with Munster and, and Ireland and there's always one abiding memory that I have because it just happened to be that I was like in Cork at the time in obviously in Munster it was, I think it was 2015 um, around this time of the year, actually uh, six nations, you scoring a, a try in Italy, breaking away from, a load of defenders. Um, but I want to know, like, obviously, you probably asked a lot, like, who's your favorite, uh, uh, what's your favorite moment, your favorite try? I want to know the opposite. Who was the player or the team you dreaded coming up against or you you didn't really want to, or not that you didn't want it, but that you were thinking, oh, geez, I'm in for a long day here now against this lot? Um, it's different. Uh, it's different because I suppose Leinster were tough because we, we didn't really get the, you know, <clears throat> we couldn't really get the best of them and and you know it's hard to catch them because they always got up for us like you, you chat to any of the Leinster players when it came to a week of Munster game it doesn't matter how good they were going the season they went up another level and we were trying to always to chase them as well so they were tough like they were going to be fast and physical gains but then you know there's other teams then in the league where you know traveling away to Glasgow it was always a tough tough one because Scottstown it's a, it's a tough venue and you know it's that further bit north so the weather can be a little bit harsher and and tougher and sometimes when we were playing them it was without our full host of internationals so it was a tougher tougher assignment for us so like you know there was elements of it there was every team kind of was hard to play and and hard to play for different reasons as well dragons that sometimes was tough as well because their pitch didn't hold up. Depends if you got them at the start of the season. The, the grass was nice. It was a good green pitch, and you could play a good game of rugby. But if you got them around Christmas time, it was a quagmire, and you were like, "Oh God!" And they loved it. <laughs> they loved it. Like they really loved it. The fact that you were coming into their patch as well. So yeah. different teams had different elements, and 
you had to take them on you had to steer away from their strengths the whole time yeah mm-hmm. yeah and was uh during your time obviously with with monster uh, and playing with ron nogara did he ever bring up the miami dolphins much and the proposed kicking <laughs> uh, kicking career he was going to have over there in Miami. I don't know, I don't know, but whatever it did, I think it uh, it definitely benefited his contract. That he was negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> by the time by the time I came into the squad, I think that that was about five or six years in the past. So I don't think you, you can use it again, John. Contracts <laughs> two year cycles, so he couldn't use it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. One and you're done there, Ron. And next time we won't yeah. believe you. You know, yeah. first time. Uh, film me one. Shame on me. Film me twice. <laughs> um, listen. Um, tell us a little bit about. Um, well, actually, before I, I'd love to actually find out what have you thought about the Irish team recently. Obviously, they 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 found a, a nice run of form now under new coach Andy Farrell, and you know, beating the, the All Blacks in in the autumn and having a great uh, start to the Six Nations last week against Wales. It's the team seems to be coming together quite nicely. Yeah, they're doing great. Um, you know, fantastic results in the autumn. You know, to to beat the All Blacks and to do it so comprehensively, they're playing a fantastic style of rugby, and they're like every player seems to be relishing the opportunities. They're all they know their roles really well, but they're all well able to express their physicality and they're all, all able to express their physical attributes and you speak to any of the lads coming out of the camp they love it you know it seems to be a different vibe up there everyone's really happy they're saying it's some of the most fun camps they're having so like when you have that kind of environment and culture and, and lads are, are free to express themselves and grow their skills and they know that they can put the time into their skills and and do that you know you're, you're seeing the benefits then on the field the confidence and performance and lads are playing they're not playing within themselves they're playing to their full potential and just going out and, and enjoying it now that being said like six nations week to week is a different tournament and this week they have a fair task Do you know i think <clears throat> ireland i think we've won twice or three or four times away in the in the side of france and in, in in the history of it so like france are going to up their game we're missing johnny sexton so it's it's going to be interesting the guys now who've been playing well they're going to have to carry it on and they're going to have to, to lead from the front and just give Joey that armchair ride where he can sit in and yes, play the game the, the way Johnny plays it, but also we had to, you know, put his own stamp on it and be able to put his, you know, be able to control the game the way he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on then to, to the NFL side of things and, and, and tell me a little bit how you got interested in American football and, and how you settled on becoming a, a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, yeah. Um, so, obviously, when you're a college student in about 2007, I was in the Munster Academy, and you can't be going out on the Sunday night and rocking up to the Munster Academy then the next morning, worse for wear, because obviously your career won't progress too much from that. So that left me and the lads I was living at the time sitting in on Sunday nights, and we, you know, what else are we going to do? Asher, we'll, we'll watch the NFL. I always had an interest growing up from movies and stuff. I was finally out of the house I was able to go by Sky Broadband or, or not Sky Broadband uh, Sky Sports in for the for the 20 euro a month or what it, what it was at the time so we we chipped in together and we you know we broke down the monthly cost and we said we'll do it and from there then Tony Romo and, and Terrell Owens had a connection at that stage and I really liked that star uniform you know I like that shiny star on the side of the helmet I thought they were playing really good football in fairness they were until they came to playoffs and 
capitulate year on year on year and year. It still hasn't got any better, Tommy. It still hasn't, still hasn't got, got any better. better. I've, I've actually become a reluctant Cowboys fan. I kind of I watch like this. I'm like next time I wake up on the Monday morning, I kind of go, "Oh, how did they get on? Oh, they won." Okay, don't let your confidence get up, and you know. You finally sit down and watch the first full game of the season, and they lose in the playoffs. <laughs> and I, I knew, I, I knew from the first play, I knew we were in trouble here. I knew that San Francisco were just going to run it down our throats. I know you talked a little bit there earlier about uh, Pat McAfee. I don't know if you've also seen Stephen A. Smith over there on on ESPN. He likes to make a big deal out of trolling the Cowboys and and just yeah. telling everybody, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, they'll get in their way eventually. There's no way they can get through a whole season." So. As we were talking off air, I'm obviously a Washington now Commanders uh, fan, so there's a little bit of rivalry there. So I have to say, given our own problems, it's kind of nice when your biggest rival also has their own their own issues to have to deal with. I have to say, yeah, it's it, and it, you wouldn't mind, but it's just the publicity that Jerry Jones brings with it, you know, like and this kind of little deal he's got negotiated that the Cowboys always seem to get that prime time slot. Mm-hmm. They're always and I. I you probably hate it as a Commanders fan Absolutely. that you always get that center stage. And it's always Troy Aikman on the on the commentary team as well. <laughs> yeah. Or now so, you have Romo. Uh, that's what just makes it that little bit harder, you know, that, like, okay, just just for once in, in you know, in prime time, let's do it. But uh, you know, it was kind of like Green Bay throughout the season this year. There was just little inklings that something was going to go wrong in playoffs. With, with Green Bay, it was down to their special teams. You knew that the mm-hmm. special teams unit this year wasn't good enough. And when the pressure came on, finally, it was, it was special teams that gave up. Uh, with, with the Cowboys this year, it was clock management and situation management. We were just mm-hmm. doing one or two things, just not managing our clock, just not managing, throwing the ball when you should be running it and just killing the clock. And, you know, it finally, it came back to us then with the Dak getting checked by the referee and losing 13 seconds when you can see what the Kansas City Chiefs can do with 13 seconds and what we did with 18 and, could, still couldn't convert. And uh, as a Cowboys fan, we've had this debate quite often because two of the biggest contracts nearly in American football for the quarterback position and the running back position are both held uh, by Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, do you think they've performed up to that money in the last couple of seasons or are you a bit disappointed with the output given the amount of money you've invested in that in that position? Um... Yeah, so the quarterback is tough because in the NFL, they always kind of say it's always that next man up. Mm-hmm. mentality so jared goff got paid who wasn't a, a top quality quarterback but he was the you know he's not the top tier he's not the top five quarterbacks in the league but he got paid like a top five quarterback and uh, oh sorry i just need to plug in power here just no problem. All right. um so he got paid like a top five quarterback and look Dak. in fairness he he i was a little bit reluctant and he got paid fair enough, but he actually came back from his injury and he was playing fairly well. I think Zeke is the one that I have trouble with mm-hmm. um, getting paid that much, especially for Addy's position for what he's done. I don't think he's, he's like, he, he's not, he doesn't break a game open. If he does break a tackle, he's not going to take it to the house and he's yet to really be that grinder. Like, I, I know he says feed me, but he's yet to really grind the game out. He's not a, a Derrick Henry. Like he's not given. 20 30 touches and he's going to absolutely just wear the defense down kind of back so yeah. there, that's so i'm a reluctant at the moment i'm a reluctant <laughs> cowboys fan i'm very very critical i look at other teams and i'm like oh god if only we joe burrow if only we, you know so uh yeah 
but like you were talking about like the you know the the show that is Jerry Jones you know be, being the the owner GM you know the everything of the of the Cowboys and but like the one positive thing is like when you look at hard knocks at the start of the season and Jerry world that he built basically the little community that he built that like when they had the drone flying through everything you're just looking just like like that's that's just a that's a team facility. That's an NFL team facility, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? Like myself and Fionn play uh, American football over here in, in Dublin, and we're thinking, Jesus, we're lucky to get onto a pitch on a Sunday, you know, <laughs> to, to train, and and they have like a whole like shopping complex and everything. Yeah, and if you um if you injure your ankle, you you basically walk into the equivalent of the Sanctuary Sports for surgery clinic like you know they have some of the mm-hmm. best surgeons in in america just waiting there you know and obviously they're running their private practice and they've got state-of-the-art facilities but it's just it's an amazing amazing complex for what he's done even if you're a high school quarterback in in dallas you know you want to play in his mini dome you know mm-hmm. which can house twenty thousand people it's a, it's incredible and Tommy, it, obviously the rugby season tends to run alongside the American football season. I don't know, have you had a chance to make it over and see a game live? Or obviously you've you've told us earlier you're really diving into life after after retirement, so you're you're still a busy man. But is there is there any maybe travels on the cards to go over and see a game? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's always something I want to do. So definitely have to hit up London. I've yet to do it because it just never with match schedules and stuff. It never. It never fell, and uh, so that's definitely something that's on the cards for this year. We were planning pre-COVID, we were planning to get over to the likes of uh, Carolina or, or one of the warmer Tampa, one of the warmer cl- climates, but uh, then obviously COVID came along and those plans have never been spoken about since. So I must reignite that WhatsApp group and see what we can get going and see, you know, for October 2022, what can we, what can we hit up? And is there, there is there much of an NFL following in in the rugby community at the level you were playing on in the Munster ranks and in the in the Irish ranks? Yeah, there would be. You'd be surprised. Um, there's always different pockets. Um, fantasy rugby is obviously becoming bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled for years to get a get a fantasy league up and going, and then when we did, all of a sudden there was two. Do you know, <laughs> there was a, we had a, we had the main league, and then we had the break off league of guys who were like, oh, I wanted to play. <laughs> in the year then they used it that uh we we two lads who left the league the the next guys then it was like a feeder league they jumped up and they were ready to go they'd learned all the tricks they'd been they'd been roasted by a few bad trades so they were <laughs> they were seasoned vets then when they got up then to the to the main group yeah but um yeah i think fantasy football is definitely helping it grow um i think like i said in the rugby community if you're in on a sunday night mm-hmm. you know there's nothing better from six o'clock on you sit down you try and red zone and you just get the feast of athleticism and and you know the spectacle of it coming into your tv on a sunday night yeah for sure and like you mentioned they're trying to get over to london games now we're going to have the option of germany from Mm. next season too now so we'll have munich or frankfurt so it's definitely a lot more choices to go and see uh, games in the future and hey you never know they had games over here i think what was it 97 was it 96 97 the steelers and the bears played in crow park um so you never know we might hopefully get it again we obviously had the college games to sort of keep us interested um in yeah. this august and next august so we'll see we'll see what happens there um but so I, I want to ask about one of one of the guys on the cowboys because you know as someone like yourself that played uh in the flanker position with the big boys what do you make of micah parsons 
Incredible. Incredible. Um, I love Brian Baldinger on a, on a Monday morning this year was just breaking down all of Micah Parsons. Just like for a first year rookie, the stuff he was doing to seasoned veterans. And then you see in the Pro Bowl, you know, he took on the fastest player. I know um, uh, the Cheetah uh, wasn't wasn't going full out, but uh, yeah. but still, you know, for him, he's a linebacker and he he still factors in in one of the fastest players in, in, in the NFL. So he's just an, from a skills perspective and from an athleticism perspective, he's a, you know, a defense, he's an, an attack, an offense's nightmare because you can put him anywhere. You can put him on the edge. You can put him in the middle linebacker and coverage and he can do a job for you. So it's just as long as we, he keeps injury free now and, and we can put a couple of more like that, a couple more athletic players around him and just allow him to just go out and dominate for the next few years. Yeah, and, and it's funny that you mentioned. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny actually that, that you mentioned injuries because, um, it is unfortunately part of the game that 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 will never get rid of. And of course, you you had um obviously injuries in your time playing, but how how impressed were you with Joe Burrow coming back after nearly basically like losing a leg, nearly you know. Uh, last season to come back and to lead the Bengals to the Super Bowl on Sunday. I think we've lost him for a second there. Give it a minute and see if we can make it back. The joys of live TV. Oh, are we back? Oh, we're back. We yeah, back. we got you again, Tommy. Yeah, okay. last year. Sorry, did you hear the question there? I don't know if you got you it. You were there. just starting to talk about Joe, Joe Burrow. Yes, I just wanted. What did you think of, of Joe Burrow uh, and the fact that he's come back from such a serious injury last year to now lead the Bengals to the Super Bowl this Sunday? I think, um, I think it just speaks to his character and his personality that he's just unrattleable. Um, he's still getting chased around as much this year as he was last year. He's the the Bengals are leading the league in, in the amount of times getting sacked and they're in the Super Bowl. So I think that's just a testament to him about how much he is unrattleable. Um, I, I was listening to a quarterback re- recently talk about how getting sacked is demoralizing, but I don't think Joe Burrow gets demoralized if he gets sacked. I think he just gets up and dusts himself off and goes again. You know, like even the way he walks into the stadium, he obviously puts time and a bit of effort into how he's going to look cool heading into mm-hmm. the stadium, but it still doesn't affect him. You know, it still doesn't distract him at all from the game. So he's able to take all the fanfare and all the those things associated with the spectacle and just perform. So it'll be very interesting to see now. Like, I think he's the kind of guy that he won't be rattled by the Super Bowl. You know, he's mm-hmm. won a national championship. You know, as a rookie, he's been chased around the field. In his second year, he's taken to a Super Bowl. So I think he's... He's going to perform this Sunday night. And on the other side of the pitch, we have the Rams, obviously, who are star-studded at almost every position imaginable, except, you might argue, a quarterback where uh, Matthew Stafford is going to play his first Super Bowl after being in the league for 13 seasons. How much pressure do you think he's feeling now coming into this game, given a, a not unformidable Bengals defense he's going to have to go up against? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, but I think I think Matthew Stafford will take the mentality that like he's he was on the Detroit Lions. He went 0 and 16. He went 
one and fifteen, you know, two and fourteen for a couple of seasons. Like he had to face some of the biggest teams in the league coming in, just looking to bully his team, and yet he still put on performances. So, like, you know, he was constantly on on the cusp of like losing his job, you know. But he was like he was on a bad team. He was the only person playing well. Yet now he's actually put in a good place. His coach has been to the Super Bowl in the last few years, has learned a few mistakes. I think Sean McVeigh will be that much calmer. So in his ear, will give him better advice and, and better, you know, better reads and better plays. So no, I, I I think it's fantastic for Stafford. I like coming into last year's free agency. I really wanted him to go to a good team, and I think you know it would be an interesting to see if he'd have ended up on the Colts, you know, instead of Carson Wentz. You know, he's that good a quarterback. You know, any 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 team he ended up on, which had a good defense and a a semi decent offense, were going to do well. Jeez, could you imagine Carson Wentz on the Rams? Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't think this. I think this would be a very different Super Bowl if that was the case. Um, no disrespect to Carson, he is a decent quarterback, but he's not leading that Rams team to to the Super Bowl. But Tommy, we've been asking all of our guests as well um, what matchups they're looking forward to in this. And um, I, I must say, the majority is looking at the Rams defensive line versus that Bengals O line. Like you mentioned, they, they've allowed a lot of sacks this year nine against the Titans alone in one game, you know, and with the likes of Aaron Donald, you know, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, you know, it, it, Joe Burrow could be in for a tough night if. Um, that O line can't step up. Yeah, because um, Donald is unblockable when he's triple teamed. So, and then you have like Von Miller, who's already been an MVP in a Super Bowls. But like, I think that that Bengals team are going to take on the Joe Burrow mentality. You know, they're going to bend, but they're not going to break. If they get sacked yeah. nine times again, I think they'll still keep fighting. If they're you know twenty points down in the first half, they'll they'll come out and they'll keep fighting. So. That's that won't be over until I think the final, you know, until the ball is knelt down or the final score happens. So that that that's that battle is going to keep going throughout the game. Um, then you're talking number one on number one. You're talking Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase. You know that's going to be huge. Are they going to leave him one on one, or are they going to try double him and then, you know, put will they will they double Jamar and then put like. Jalen on the next best receiver so there's a whole different matchup of how they're going to roll coverages and how they're actually just going to try to take away the weapons but um it's uh you know the Bengals number two uh receiver stepped up in the last game and you know I think we'll see that again and Joe Burrow has that mentality that yes he might be covered but if he gets a sniff of a one-on-one he's going to throw it or if he gets a sniff of a window he's going to throw it because he has that much of a connection and has that much of a, a telepathic connection. So it'll be very interesting to see then who comes out on top on that because you could lock a guy down for 30 plays. He only needs one then to bust it wide open. No, you're definitely right. And like you were mentioning, the the secondary receivers that the Bengals have are no slouches as well in Higgins and Boyd. So if they do sort of, you know, double team or um, give all their attention on chase, I don't think Burrow will have any problems thrown to secondary receivers and they can rack up the yards and, and get the scores for them. No problem. But listen, Tommy, if we're going to uh, wrap it up here in a second, but obviously we're going to have to ask you, um, who do you think is going to win this Sunday? 
I know who I want to win. <laughs> I want yeah, to, that's always I want, the question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I want the Bengals to win. Um, but I think I think maybe with just who might eke it is the Rams. Just uh, considering the billions of dollars and everything that's been put into it, it's the home Super Bowl, I think. And then the, it's just that offensive line, you know, just might eke it then. So um, it's it, it's fantastic. Look, I'd love either way. I'd love Stafford to finally win one. I'd love Joe Burrow, the legend of Joe Burrow, to continue because you know you just love seeing these young quarterbacks come out in the league. So yeah, my heart, my heart says, uh, my heart says the Bengals, but my brain is leading leaning towards the Rams. Are you going to give us a score? Uh, thirty-one. 29. Oh, nice. Okay, good. I'm so sure you're going. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. I do that all the time. I always spit out scores. I'm like, I don't even know if that's even likely, but I'm sure looking. Well, that's it. You're going for the you're going for the over though, which is good. You're going for so I can think the the total points at the moment is 49. It's tiering between 48 and a half and 49 and a half. So you're thinking there's definitely going to be a, a good couple of scores in this game. I think so. I think they're they're just two run and gun, you know, kind of quarterbacks. I think that they'll, yeah, I think the over will be, it's definitely, it'll definitely be more, more looser than, than two defensive units going at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Um, Tommy, it's, we really appreciate the time um, you're taking to speak to us today. Uh, we've, uh, we've enjoyed the chat massively. We, we hope we all, I think we all hope the Bengals do win on, on Sunday for sure. Um, if not at least as at, at least one we enjoy watching it and two some of our bets come true that's the main <laughs> thing that's the main thing if we can come over in the in the plus uh, with the money then i think we'll all be happy by the end of sunday sunday slash monday morning yeah yeah excellent lads thanks very much for having me um it's always it's always great to challenge yourself on your knowledge because you think you know so much and then you have to go on actually finally say it in front of an audience so uh <laughs> i hope i hope now that i that i think i've i've said the right things and uh yeah but i really enjoyed it thanks a million don't Absolutely. worry about it our, our two uh listeners will uh will really enjoy it you know so it's totally fine and that's just going to be us re-watching it back anyway yeah so it's okay. <laughs> well look listen like i said enjoy the game hopefully uh hopefully um the Bengals uh, keep us all happy like I said we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to be looking at the Bengals side of the game with John Sheeran of the Cincy Jungle pod, uh, blog post 